Hey church, how you guys doing? Come on, can we raise our hands one more time? Father, I wanna thank you for each and every person in this room, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that we can have softened hearts today, Father. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you can speak through me, Lord, that you can use me as your vessel, Lord, to speak to whatever season that someone might be going through, Father, and they just need a word from you, Lord. So thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're about to do. We pray this in your precious name. And all of God's precious children said, Amen. Amen. Come on, you guys can Bluetooth high five someone. You guys can grab a seat. How anointed was worship? Come on. Listen, I'll be honest with you guys. I've been having conversations with my team for the past few years. She keeps telling me, come back next year, an addition. I'm really starting to think I'm the problem, but Martine, I don't know if that's a personal thing, but yeah. <laughs> but is everyone going well? Kaya wants me to join the worship team. She keeps saying, she keeps saying, subs, the worship team needs you. I'm like, thank you, thank you, Tanya. <laughs> but awesome, guys. Um, listen, I'm excited. For today, I'm excited, um, yeah, just to speak God's Word. I love, I love preaching God's Word. I think it's the best thing. I think it's the best thing ever. I think really just living out Matthew 28, saying, go out and make disciples. But today, if you're taking notes, we're gonna turn to Exodus 3, verse 11. Come on. Okay, Exodus 3, verse 11, just to give you a bit of context. So this is the beginning where Moses is really starting his journey with the Israelites. So it's right in the beginning and God's like, okay, listen, Moses, I need you to go out. I need you to free my people. And I need you, yeah. He need, I need you to go free the Israelites. And Moses is like, okay, cool, God. I'm ready to do this. And in this part of the story, we're gonna read about how Moses gets to the stage. He's like, okay, but what do I say when, they, when I say, I'm here to free the people, but who sent me? That's where, we're gonna, that's where we're gonna kick off. Exodus 3 verse 11 says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring, out the, and bring out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. This will be the sign to you that, there is, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said, I am who I am. This is what you're going to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. You see church, God can do that because God is everything and He can use anyone, right? God is kindness. God is love, right? So God can, He's got all rights to say that. But unfortunately for you and I, we need, we need a third word after that. We can't just be like, I am. I am who? <laughs> you are. See, that third word gives us a sense of identity. It tells us what we're about, right? So, which brings me to today's sermon title. I am generous. Come on, church, I am generous. And that's two ways. 
Because God is generous. God is generous. You see, church, we have the ability to be generous because God was generous to us first. And in John 3 verse 16, it says that God gave so that we may have eternal life. I love what Pastor Leanne said this morning. She said, love leads to generosity. You see, God gave Jesus to us because He loved us. And because of His love, that led to generosity. And so basically what I really want to touch on today is how do we give generosity, but also how do we receive generosity? Because I think sometimes we can get to a point where we're like, oh, we gotta, be, we gotta give generosity. Let's be generous, let's be generous, let's be generous. But how do we receive when people are generous to us? What is our stance? Yeah, everyone with me? Yeah? So our first point today, church, is we are generous with our time. So anyone who knows me quite well will know that I am, I'm a planner. I like everything planned, right? I've got a year plan. I've got a six month plan. I've got a three month plan. I've got a month plan. I've got a week plan. I've got a day plan and I've got an hour plan. That's just me, I'm I'm a planner, right? And I'm a planner because I understand that time is valuable. Also because if I don't plan, I'll probably procrastinate. But time is valuable. That's why I plan. That's why I'm like, cool, in this hour I'm gonna do that and that. Who's like that? Anyone else? Is it just me? Am I just getting, am I just getting the job? Okay, Kayla's like, Kayla's definitely like that. But time is, time is an asset, right? Can everyone agree with me on that one? Time is an asset. And listen, I reckon Jesus understood that he had limited time. I need you guys to say this with me. We need to get the word out. We need to get the word out. Jesus understood that he had a limited amount of time and that he needed to get the word out. Right? Everyone with me? And in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 2, we read as following. There is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. You see, our time is limited. There is a time for everything. Okay, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. For some of you, this might be a very difficult question, but I really do, I need you guys to be interactive with me. Is that cool? I asked them, I asked the, the, the morning services this question. Response wasn't too great. I almost got punched in the face all the service, but <laughs> I wanna find out who in this room is over the age of 10. Just pop your hand up. Everyone said that with confidence. Just, just wait, your time is coming. <laughs> Who in this room is over the age of 20? <laughs> all right, all right, I'm coming for our 30s. Who in this room is over the age of 30? Don't be shy, put your hand up, put your hand up. Don't be shy, don't be shy. <laughs> Who in this room is over the age, I'm gonna skip one, 50? Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, okay. Who in this room is over the age of 80? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, last few, last few, last few. Who in this room is over the age of 90? No one? Come on guys, sure. Who in this room is over the age of 500? 
Okay, the Holy Spirit. Listen, I love this one. I wanna, I wanna see how you guys are gonna answer this one. Who in this room is over there? I wanna see if we've got like unity across all four of our services, because all the other services answered like this. Who in this room is over the age of 1,500? Ah, there it is, hey, Jesus. <laughs> Clearly there's unity, amen. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing, right? <laughs> the reason I ask these questions is that sometimes I feel like we can get to a point where we're like, God, you need us to build your church. Like, but actually, God's been building His church for the past 2,000 years. Over 2,000 years, God's been building His church. And listen, church, I truly believe that God is going to build His church, but He wants to use us to build His church. We need to be the vessels. Church, we need to stand as vessels to be used by God to build His church. Because why? Our time is limited. Our time is limited. In a span, let's say you live a life of 80 years. How, in that span of 80 years, how are you investing your time into the kingdom? We need, our time is limited. We need to build God's church. You see, God is going to judge you based on the time that He gave you and the people He put in your life during that time. And I want to get to a place where I can stand before God one day and I say, God, you gave me this many years. And out of this many years, you gave me this many people. Father, I lived out Matthew 28, I evangelized. I spoke your word, I spread your word, Lord. And I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Church, our time is limited. You see, we need to thank God every day that we live because He is generous with our days, right? He's a generous God. So we need to be grateful the fact that He's giving us another day. If He's giving us another day, He's giving us another opportunity to spread His Word. Amen? Come on. In Psalms 84 verse 10, it says, Better is one day in His courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in my father's house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I had, I had some of the year to serve, I think it was two weeks ago, they came to me and they asked me, Subs, why are you still here? Like, go home, <laughs> go home. But listen, I'm, I'm just in a season of my life right now where I know I don't have any kids. I've, I've got, and Pastor Andre always speaks about, I've got so much time on my hands that actually I just want to use it to build his kingdom. And in the season that you're in right now, in the season that you're in right now, how are you using your time? How are you using, where is God on your list? Uh, for me personally, I'll tell you, it's Jesus, Jesus first and then ministry second. I'm just in that season of my life where I can do that. So I'm going to take full advantage of being able to do that. Where is God in your life right now? And listen, something that Pastor Andre always says, we'll never get the season back. This very season right now, you'll never get it back. I look back, I look to 15 years from now. I probably, I won't be in a similar season 15 years from now, but actually I want to say 15 years ago, I invested everything I had. I gave my time, I gave my talent, I gave my treasure. So, how do we give our time? Well, it all starts by entering into God's presence first. You see, we always say at a growth track, the best gift that you can give the church is your relationship with God. 
So it actually all starts in the presence of God. It starts in your personal time with God. And then that will overflow into your serving. That will overflow into counseling. That will overflow into mentoring. Your time is limited. But then how do we receive? If someone is generous at their time, how do we receive that? Number one, we honor people's time. If we can all agree that time is the most valuable thing, then you and I actually need to honor people's time, right? Things like rocking up late. Things like, it's, it's things like that. We need to honor people's time if we're saying time is the most valuable thing. You guys with me? The second thing is that we need to put some structures into our lives. We actually need to, and I, as I said, my structuring, it's, I find it, it's a blessing. I think it's a blessing. Because I get to, I get to, okay, cool. And this time, I'm doing that. There's never a moment that I want to waste where I'm like, oh. Not saying I don't give my time, I don't, I don't set aside time to rest. I always set aside time, to, I always set aside time to rest. But I know in this time, I'm doing this. In this time, there is, there's a movement. There is a movement in my time. Okay, church, the second point is that we are generous with our words. I remember back in primary school, I had a grade six teacher. I don't know, you call them tutor teachers? Yeah, that, the, my, my regular teacher. And I'm a, very, I'm a very introverted person. You spend enough time with me, you'll actually realize I'm very to myself. I like to, I fill up by myself. I just, you know, I'm very introverted. And obviously, public speaking has never been my, well, it hasn't always been my, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I remember in grade six, we had to do an oral. We had to do an oral about the country that we'd like to visit and why. I chose um, Holland. I said, I had a friend who, was, who, who came from Holland at the time and he gave me a few of his coins. So that was cool. So I went to class and I like did this whole presentation. And then afterwards, the teacher and I, we, we got along, but we didn't always get along. But <laughs> afterwards, she pulled me aside and she said, and what she said that day completely changed the, tra the trajectory of my life. She said, Sibelo, you are going to speak to many people and your words are going to change their lives. Instantly. Instantly. That changed my perspective. I was like, okay, cool. I, this, this was probably like the first time I had someone speaking onto my life like that. I was like, okay, what is speaking then? So then I started listening to speakers. I started listening to speakers like Les Brown. I started listening to speakers like Zig Ziglar. And I'd watch like their delivery. I'd watch how they would interact with the audience. I'd watch the eye contact. And, I, and then like, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. If you ever like want to get me tickets or anything, stand-up comedy all the way. But I love the jokes, obviously. But a lot of the times I'll watch, okay, cool. How does he deliver that joke? He starts with that and then he ends with that. Like, do you get what I mean? I, start, I started to analyze. <laughs> I started to analyze all, the, all those things. And church, it all started from that lady just saying, hey, you're going to go out and you're going to speak to many people and you're going to change many lives. You see, there is power in your words. What she said in that moment, she could have just been like, this is just a great six, let me just encourage him. But I took that to heart and I hold that with me dearly till this day. The words that you speak 
make an impact. They will either build or they will destroy. Your words carry an authority. Your words carry an authority. The words that we speak to ourselves can create or they can destroy our identity. So we first need to speak life into ourselves. We actually need to be intentional about our self-talk. Right? In Ecclesiastes 10 verse 12, it says that words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. We need to speak life. And I've, I've had the honor this year to be able to lead our young adults life course counseling. And one of the main phrases that we've been saying is that when we in a counseling session, we counseling people, here's what we do. We hate the sin, but we always love the person. We hate the sin, but we love the person. Why am I saying this? We need to speak life to others. We need to encourage them. Even though, even though they might be doing things that are necessarily contradicting you, obviously you confront them about the sin, but you always encourage, you always motivate, you always inspire, you always speak life. You guys still with me? Come on. We are generous with our words. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Proverbs 18 verse 20 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The right words bring satisfaction. Church, in a world filled with negativity, in a world where when you log on to social media, it's all about self, or it's all about how the world is falling apart, we actually, it's so vital for us to be the light of the world and speak life into people. Your words carry an authority. Your words matter. And we are generous with how, how are we generous with how we receive words? I remember in 20, 2020, just before COVID, um, a few of us, we were, we were chatting outside before staff meeting and Pastor Andre was having a conversation with someone and I, and I overheard it and he was, he was basically complimenting this person about worship. He's like, hey, you did so well on worship. And this guy was like, no, just, yeah, do you know, just, it's, it's, it's all right, just keep it, it's, just keep it. I don't, I don't, it's all right. But what he said was so wise and so vital. When people compliment us and when people give us generous words, especially in the ministry, we don't just turn it away. We don't just shut it down. Why? Because if God is working through us, we actually need to receive that and acknowledge what God is doing. So we receive it, but we don't keep it because as soon as you keep it, that's when you start to build pride and entitlement. So you receive and you release to the one who is using you. Yeah? My third point, we are generous with our treasures. 
Proverbs 11 verse 24 to 6 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who helped others are helped. I've touched on this before in our morning services, is that we get to a place where we pray for finances. We're just like, Lord, please just bless me. Bless me with finances. Just, and we forget that our, the finances that we're actually praying for are a tool. And I think sometimes we can forget that finances are not the promise. They're a tool to get us to the promise. So your finances, the finances that you, the finances that you're praying for, they're a tool to getting that car. But how is that car being used? Is it used for ministry? Your finances are a tool to that house. But how is that house being used? Is it, is it used to run a view group? Your finances are a tool to study. But once you've studied and you've got your degree and you're in the working place, how are you evangelizing? Your finances are a tool. They're not the final destination. The Israelites were stuck in the desert. The manna and the quail was not the, fi- was not the promise. It was just a tool to fool them to get to the promise. But what we tend to do is that we receive the tool and we hang onto the tool and then we must use the tool. And then we lose out on the destiny that God has for the tool. Church, when we receive from God, specifically with our finances, it's important that we release back to God what is His, but we keep our eyes fixed on God. Because when you keep your eyes fixed on God with your finances, it's only then where He can guide you and He can show you how to use your finances appropriately. Listen, I think like some of my prayers, I'm gonna share with you some of my prayers. Some of my prayers is I wanna buy, I wanna buy a car. Like that's genuinely one of my, that's genuinely one of my prayers. Doesn't mean I don't tithe now because I'm saving for one. Doesn't mean I'm like, oh, do you know what, God, I'll only give you this much. No, 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 but I understand that I wanna use a car. I wanna get a car, why? For the ministry. So God, I will still tithe. I'll do what I need to do. I'll give above and beyond. But I'm going to be faithful with what you've given me. And when the time is right, you will use this to open up the door for... Are you guys with me? We need to be stewards of our finances. Can I just ask a question? Who wants to be happy? Just put hand up if you want to be happy it's all, don't be ashamed if you want to be happy be happy you know smile that's clearly why I'm not in the worship team <laughs> you see church the world is offering you happiness it really is but it does require you to do a couple of things it requires you to be selfish it requires you to live in constant anxiety It requires you to live under pressure. It requires you to never find your identity, but instead look for your identity in in a place that's inconsistent. But let me ask you, who wants to be filled with joy? Yeah, more hands. Thank you, Jesus. But that also has some requirements. Okay? God is offering you joy, but that also has some requirements. And that requires you to be selfless. 
That requires you to know your identity in Him. That requires you to find your purpose. We've got Growth Track, Fast Track happening this coming Tuesday. If you want to discover your purpose, know more about the life of our church, come through. Growth Track, Fast Track, all three of our locations. The Lord wants you to live in eternal joy in a temporary world. He wants you to live in His joy in this world already. To fulfill this, your heart needs to be His. His. Where your treasure, we say it every time, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where is your heart right now? Is it searching for the world and searching for happiness in an inconsistent world? Or is it searching for joy in a consistent, generous, loving, kind God? The world is teaching that success is how many materialistic things can I get? True success, I said it earlier, is when you stand before the Lord and He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's true success. How do we receive generously? We tithe on everything that we receive, understanding that everything that we have belongs to Him. Everything that we are belongs to Him. If we go back to John 3 verse 16, we need to understand the value of God's generosity. God doesn't need us, but He chooses us. See, God is love. And because He is love, He gives us a choice to love Him. He didn't create robots that He's going to force to love Him. He doesn't force us to love Him. That's not love. But He gives us that choice to choose Him. And He loves us so generously that He gave. He's one and only perfect Son for an imperfect people. That He gave His perfect Son to die a horrifying, painful, quite frankly, disgraceful death to reach an imperfect people. In Luke 23, verse 34, as Jesus was on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You see, church, Jesus forgave generously. We need to forgive generously. And we need to receive His forgiveness generously. We need to receive generously. If we can all just close our eyes. You see, God gave His Son, Jesus, generously. And it wasn't a trick. It wasn't a thing of, now you have to work a certain number of hours. It wasn't a thing of, now you have to pray a certain amount of times. It wasn't a thing of, 
Now you have to earn your eternity with Him. But it was a gift. It was generosity. See, you and I, we can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our relationship with God. It's a gift from God to us. But just like the forgiveness, we can receive the salvation. Now there are some of you in this room that that are hearing about Jesus for the first time today. And I wanna give you the opportunity to actually start a relationship with Him. But then there are some of you that might have drifted from your relationship with God. And you're just like, I just wanna recommit my life to Him. I wanna restart my relationship with Him. Come on, if that's you in the room right now, with every eye closed, I encourage you, just pop your hands up. Come on, we've got a hand over there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you right now, you're saying, I just wanna recommit my life to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hand right over here. Thank you, Jesus. Church, as a family, repeat after me. I admit that I am a sinner. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that you died on that cross for my sins. And through this confession and this belief, I know that I am saved, that I am forgiven, that I am changed, and that I'll never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. The Bible says that with every salvation, that there is a celebration in heaven. Come on. So you party starters have just started a party in heaven. Come on. Thank you, church. Awesome. Awesome. It's an honor. Great message. Do you want to stand up quickly? Let's just stand surrendered and just declare again that Jesus makes the darkness tremble. You know, even as darkness tries to touch our earth and maybe confuse you in different seasons, the enemy's plans, when you declare the name of Jesus, he makes that darkness tremble. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. One more time, Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, your name, Jesus. Come on, let's declare. Your name is a lie that the shadows can't deny. Your name not be overcome.
Your name is alive. Your name cannot be overcome. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray just the message to Baylor preach, which was such an awesome word, which is sink into our hearts and produce phenomenal fruit. Um, that our hearts would always be soft to what you're saying to us, that we wouldn't just walk away from this moment, but we would be open to what you want us to step out on, to take action on in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's always praise Him in the place. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. That was a great message. And, um, you know, it was so awesome. There's certain schools uh, we can't get into. And we have our youth pastors going in at Table View, Mount Boston, and of course, matches sort of set the tone and, and really create the culture that our guys can rise up in. And now we got Sibella and um, Saki really just on the forefront. And on Friday, they, um, Sibella and them actually did free ice creams at uh, McDonald's. And you're all thinking, why didn't I see that post? Anyway, uh, but you know what's cool is they did it outside Parklands, and Parklands won't be open to us. But all the students walked at to McDonald's to get their free ice creams. And it's just, even like James saying, you know, we've been shrewd, leveraging what we have and going, you know, they won't let me in. So I'm just going to give free ice creams to teenagers. I know you're going to think it's weird, giving sweets to teenagers. Like, yeah, here's some sweets here. But, um, but <laughs> it just creates connection. It creates connection. And so just, I just honor both you guys just for stepping out and serving. And so... So it's awesome. Listen, if you gave your life to Jesus, and if you prayed that prayer, you might not even put your hand up. Of course, we would love to pray with you. We'd love to celebrate with you, put a cross on the wall. But, but we also want you to take a next step. On our website, viewchurchtailview.co.za, is a following Jesus course. It's a quick course, seven steps. Really sort your foundation out. And if you're in this room and you haven't done it yet and you want to get your foundations in Christ settled, do that jump on. You can do it in the comfort of your own home and your own time. It's really going to help you. Remember, Tuesday night, we'd love to see you there. Six City Growth Track. We're going to be there. We've all got one year. Table View and uh, we got one Table View, Melbourne and Camps Bay. So we'd love to connect with you and help you discover your purpose and to live a generous life, making a difference. Remember, new people, as you walk out, there's already going to be a coffee there for you. People who drink our coffee for more in love with Jesus. It's actually a spiritual next step. You drink it, you go, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. And so if you want to fall more in love with Jesus, why don't you go have a coffee right now after the service? God bless you guys. Cheers.